my friend and welcome podcast. I'm excited today because I'm really early for this interview with my friend Pauline Goyard, photographer and digital artist. And she is currently living in Bali. So we had to wake up, uh, we had to figure out our time zones to be able to have this conversation. And it just so coincided with a time when Pauline was experiencing, um, considers to be more of a depressive or dark life. And so it was a really opportunity for us to talk about the realities and the squidginess that with you know mental health action and things like that so a little bit more about uh she is as mentioned a photographer and digital artist whose dark surrealist fine art is both eye-catching and gut-wrenching while she began her career as a graphic designer, never gave the sense of fulfillment photography offered so goyard soon opened her own studio and began working full she's now based in bali where she creates fine art that is highly personal and i was very lucky to be one of her subjects where she had me flitting around nude uh, in the middle of Sue Bryce's living room <laughs> and yeah her work is magical so definitely make sure uh, you check the show notes to uh, her work so you can yeah help celebrate it uh, with her so yeah let's get into the conversation it's a really good one for folks that maybe struggle with mental health or if you're supporting somebody that has mental health will give a better insight into what we can do as support systems or how we can help ourselves and others through the darker times in life Welcome to Squidge, the place for conversations about confronting the squidgy feelings that make us want to cry, cringe, quit, and create chaos. It's in this squidgy space that we can choose to either empower ourselves to move closer to our authenticity or revert back to our old ways of thinking and being. My name is Terry Hofford, and as a body image educator, creative podcaster, and author, I am no stranger to experiencing squidginess in both my personal and professional life. And I'm so excited to have you here as I bring you episodes featuring my own experiences with the squidge, while also introducing you to some of my amazing friends who have empowered themselves through their own squidginess to achieve great things. From topics ranging from body image to entrepreneurship to motherhood to travel, there is something here for any anyone who is, well, human. Hello, Paulina. I'm so excited you're here, especially since you're technically in the future right now. You are, uh, it, where Where are you right now? Hi, Terry. So I'm in Bali at the moment and we are like plus 12 hours. So <laughs> just morning for you and evening for me. Yeah, I definitely have to wake up earlier than I normally do for this. Yeah. It's going to be worth it. It'll be fine. But oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about Bali. Like what brought you to Bali? Oh, that's very interesting. So I studied as, well, I did not study, but at some point I had a portrait studio in Paris. It was like three or four years ago. And I when it finally started to work out, I just gave up everything, burned myself out and left everything to live in Bali. And I've been much more aligned with this way of life. Uh, it's more, you know, you meet more happy people. Yeah, for sure. 
I was gonna say like that is literally what my story was where it's like I built up a really successful boudoir business but (laughs) building it up it was like uh was the thing that burnt me out because I was like this isn't creative this is like paying bills but it's not it was a job it became a job yeah yeah so yeah I think I started like my body started to feel sick and that was a big wake-up call of like okay you have to change because when you go to like 10 doctors and they don't find anything then you have to find it yourself (laughs) yeah so you wanted to chat a little bit differently today instead of uh I mean obviously we'll bring in elements of the past and things like that but you wanted to chat about that this week's actually been really shit for you today specifically um uh, yeah so tell me a little bit about that not necessarily like the details of what brought like what is happening but what does a shit week look like for you so oh you're digging right in <laughs> I was like, We're, we'll no, just okay. get into that and then it'll take us other places I'm sure yeah for sure oh that's cool so yeah as I told you I'm feeling a bit like I was a bit uncertain about like having the podcast today and then I was like come on this is exactly the theme of the podcast this is a perfect place for it and this is Terry and I know it's probably going to be useful for someone else hopefully so I decided to come anyway in my full vulnerability so I've been I've been struggling a lot with depression like a long time in my life I'm considering myself like fixed like not sick anymore but I have lows I have like lows and my lows are not like every people lows when I get low it's like horrible it's like survival and it's terrible and I've have I'm having one of this week now so it's quite a challenge and um yes but it's 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 all right like I feel like I'm having more tools now to like make it work and survive and process you, everything you did good strengths do you have positivity in your top strengths I don't remember I don't know I because think like that that is a very typical trait of positivity be like oh yeah everything's like not going super well but you know what it's not that bad <laughs> like it always like comes out it's like okay no you can also be not okay and that's fine too like um but I think that's part of the pressure because like you like you are also kind of like in the public eye a bit in terms of the creative works that you do and things like that right like people sure. like watch your work and and so on. So do you feel that there's this pressure for you to have to like minimize the way that depression looks for you? So that way people mm-hmm. will um, take you more seriously or things like that. So in terms like for the positive thing, I think that's really a trait that's giving me like this strength to go by these weeks. And I'm, I'm really like, I'm very... Honest about it, like I'm so glad to be here and to speak with you. Like I didn't think it was like I was like, oh, that was a nice day. I ordered like my favorite food and then I took care of my body. You know, at the end of the day you have to make it work. And I got surrounded, I saw my friend and I'm like my friends and so the positive part is more like reframing what's happening and realizing what's good and that's very important part of the process Mm. so you can have like shit days but it's also feel 
loved and surrounded and just know that you're not by yourself. I think it's it's not like kind of blind positivity because you know I'm still French, so I don't have the <laughs> American positivity of like. <laughs> I think that the that uh, statement you just made though about like you you can be depressed and you're still loved and supported and yeah. like and good things happen like I think people tend like our brains love polarity right like if I'm yeah. depressed uh all of these other things aren't true but the ability to be able to understand that no I can be depressed and these things are still true actually yeah. almost normalizes the fact that anybody can be depressed people that do have sure. you know you you don't have to be lonely and alone and like all the things that we think of somebody with uh depression is like oh they were mm. so lonely they didn't have anybody um you know they weren't making money or whatever the thing was no wonder they were depressed but to understand that people with depression also have support systems they also have you know like creative jobs they also have all these things that we should want and you can still be depressed yeah exactly it's more at this point i think it's just more something i will have to deal all my life with it's like something in my brain that's a bit messed up you know and it's just a balance you know so these days i just have to find a way to breathe again and to be back into my normal self but it still happens so it's all right for everyone of you that's going through this like i understand and everything path like nothing is permanent and this is like what i have to remind myself so i think before i would stay stuck in this like for three months for example and no like after two days three days i know i'm better i can have like a bit of a low week but like really having a really shit day just a couple of them in and then i just have the tools to get myself back up so it's all right but to answer the second part of your question and i think that's important to talk about it and that's something i never talked about before it does have like consequences on my work and on my creativity and on my income because i'm in survival mode and I don't want to get on social media and talk about it and just like pretend I'm positive or be negative because I don't want to be negative. So I'm like stuck in the loop and I just usually disappear for a while. Mm. And that's the tough part. I think it's to be, to have this kind of regularity in your work when you struggle with these issues. And I would be curious to know what other people think because yeah. I'm probably not the only one. Well, I think there, there's definitely a part of that is that we've been conditioned, like in my, what yeah. I believe to be true is that we've been conditioned that we should be able to work year round consistently, yeah, right? Exactly. Like you show up every week, every day, uh, show up, do X, Y, Z, especially in your job, you should show up and be able to do this. But number one is entrepreneurs. We don't get traditional days off. Like nobody's like, go home and like stop working <laughs> and go to bed at a certain time. You but don't you get to go. Yeah, like the day you get squash on the floor. And then you don't yeah, have like so we will work around the clock essentially yeah. until our bodies are like enough, right? And so, but then we feel shame about that because we're not doing the thing that we were conditioned to think we should be able to do, which is 
be a robot essentially and yeah, work yeah. all the time um the other thing is is that I started like during the pandemic after I hit my burnout I was like okay let me just try some things. So for me, uh, I would wait until my body would like seize up and then I would go for a massage. So I was like, you know what, let me pre-book my massages every month. So that way I'm going before it gets painful. So that way it doesn't happen. See what happens. That was amazing. Number one, because then my body didn't, it didn't get to the point where it was broken essentially and I had to fix yeah. it it was just maintenance at that mm. point so then I applied that actually to myself and said you know what I think I'm a three week on one week off kind of gal I think that's how my rhythm is like yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. so what I would do is like hustle for like three di- three weeks and then I would take one week off where I would go away into nature I would turn off all my cell phone like nobody could contact me oh that's very cool yeah. yeah, so I would like I was paying attention to the rhythm that my body wanted me to follow and I and because the pandemic provided me the space away from hustle culture a little bit, I was able to yeah. see. I was like, let's just see if this makes a difference. And of course, after 3 months, I noticeable difference because even if I was feeling depressed or low in those moments, in that week I would give myself the space to like nobody could contact me then so I did have the space to sit in that space and be with my thoughts and journal a lot and be in nature and whatever so that by the time I came back it wasn't that I fixed the low mm. it was that I rode the low and came exactly up side, ready to work again I think you're exactly right it's not about fixing the low because they're going to happen you know especially for like sensitive creative people it's like you get the high and the problem be higher than the normal average people but shit the lows they are very low <laughs> well and that's the other thing yeah. that I realized is like once I started like kind of balancing my life out I was like oh I don't know if I actually do like this better because before my highs were so high that it was like yeah. exciting and like vibrant and like really like more than most people but then yes the lows yeah the lows like are crashing like but then yeah. when you start to balance it the highs aren't as high because if you go that high then you know you know what comes next so oh, yeah, yeah. to taper it down I was like oh I have to get used to this being my new baseline for joy and excitement and vibrancy and be okay that it's not like off the charts and understand that there's gratitude for this lower part that's okay too yeah for sure you're absolutely you're absolutely right i'm I'm still working on this balance but yeah it's all right if you have high highs also you know like it takes time i think also to come back to like why i came and live in bali it it's helping me like have this balance and I find more resources here mm. to take care of this like mental issue thing. Like it's easier here. Like people are like, come, everyone's respectful, you know, like it's a culture that's very open. You can be like free. There's like yoga everywhere. When you feel like crap, you just go on a walk on the beach and you see your friend and everyone is like not stressed because no one is stressed here. In the <laughs> that makes a huge difference. And there's yeah, tons exactly. of nature around and like fresh air and things like that, which I think is like yeah, yeah. 
yeah like i think that's something that definitely is missing from a lot of like you lived in paris which is not at all yeah for sure not not at all bali right in terms oh of yeah too too many french people there. <laughs> like while beautiful and and the, like i would say that paris is probably one step up still from the west like from yeah. um like canada and the u.s in terms of work culture they at least force people to take time off uh mm. you know what i mean like like they're still they're still like one step ahead but it's still very westernized in that they're like okay but if you're working you work like you have to do the thing so, yeah for sure yeah yeah so tell me a little bit about your creativity and like let's okay so I know I said that we wouldn't go back to the past but I lied I liked I like to know it's okay <laughs> or as like a little person like as a little child um Ooh. like yeah what was your like in terms of creativity or in terms of survival any of that like who were you as a little kid oh that's interesting I never got this ice before but for like in terms of my creativity so I never really thought about this so I think I grew up in a pretty shitty family let's be honest so it was a whole lot of like trauma and tons of things happening and I think it developed my I had to develop a survival mode which made me hypersensitive so probably my hypersensitivity comes from here mm. and so biggest gift but also you know yeah. every day <laughs> most like days the not the curse yes so yeah it, it probably started here maybe more hyper aware of everything but I was also very lonely very like we moved a lot like every year it was like a new home new school nothing so it was so hard to like make friends be you know popular at school was never my thing so books were my best friends hopefully for a long long time and yeah at some point it was creating things I think I started I don't remember where it started, but I remember my being with books a lot mm. first, and then I would say high school and before like starting at like thirteen something, I became a very angry gothy kid. <laughs> you were goth? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course, you're like the most like bright, like blondie. Like, did you did you dye your hair like super black? And, no, like, I was the only like blonde around. But there oh, was but, like black so lipstick and black. Yeah, hair. yeah, and like it sounds very silly now, but it was like twenty years ago. You could not find like black lipsticks in Sephora, and it was really hard to be part of the scene and to know the music. <laughs> like that was a challenge, and like to to have the clothing. There was no internet shop, like. It was fun. <laughs> so I, I was looking like crap all the time, just like you know, <laughs> making your own, making your own punk clothes. Yeah, of course, just being full rebel at this point. And yeah, I think I started photographing my friends in like high school and make this weird. Like I remember one of my friends. I forgot about this. I think I was like fifteen, and my other ghosty excited friend, like with full clothes on in the bathroom and just like you know makeup crying everywhere yeah that was fun times probably my first photo shoot (laughs) so I could definitely see like uh, I was very similar to you like where my like 
trauma or whatever as a child didn't come from my family life. It actually came more so from just going to school and being bullied and stuff like that. Oh, yes, cool. Is a big like, so I like jumped into like reading. Reading became oh! kind of my escape, right? I knew that there was yeah. more more out there than what, and, and that helped me to see that there was more out there than what I was seeing in this like small farming community. And I was just talking to my mom yesterday and she's like, yeah, I remember you like crying that we couldn't afford to send you to university because that was going to be your way out of here. Because uh, I'm like full of ideas and creativity and like living on the farm in a very conservative town does not oh. bode well for that. And I would assume similarly for you, just because you're trying to just like get through every day in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, just surviving family life and so on that escape that escapism that creativity provides is like you know when when you can create your worlds in your mind it, it's a way for you to escape from what is happening a little bit it's more than escaping it's surviving like with what i've been through it's like it's a miracle that I never did drugs and alcohol and like all this like dangerous behavior. I just went and created weird stuff, you know. That was. <laughs> I mean, oh, go ahead. That's cool. That's really cool that we can like use creativity as a way to express something, like, and it brings joy. Like the joy of creativity is not a crazy high. It's like pure happiness and it's something strong and it's it's not like a coping mechanism it's something you're building and it's very interesting yeah I definitely found like because I also was into like music and like a, a lot of creative outlets I also had sports but the creative outlets or writing and so like my stories were definitely like okay like my parents got called into the office <laughs> a few times because my stories were like about um you know parents that beat their children like I was just like curious <laughs> about these like experiences from other books I was reading so then I would write them and so they thought this was happening to me in my home and I was like no, no, no. and then like about parents drug usage and things like that so um yeah it wasn't it was not great for my parents at that time but it was oh. good to have these creative outlets essentially to um to explore and transfer what was like basically alchemize that's the way I think of it is you take yeah. the trauma and then your brain's like what can we make out of this and then uh like process it almost and that's where art and creativity I think is under uh underutilized in a lot of like treatment sure. or things like that for people yeah you're exactly right and I think especially as like child or teenagers and even young adults you don't especially have the tools to get better and just this pure raw creative energy is something that like allows you to extract those feelings and those emotions you know there's nothing more powerful than this like sometimes you know you can't afford therapy or you never heard of it before you know like it you you just have to let go of a feeling and just making something just is so feels more feels easier than speaking sometimes you don't even have the right words for it so yeah I think it's important important I think I, think I could imagine like especially with kids like I never well 
at least I don't think I experienced depression as a kid. Um, and so I could imagine though, especially just knowing how people treat adults with depression and anxiety and things like that here in our culture, like it's not something to, to be, I don't know, not, it's almost like make it go away. Like they, like, if you have this, like, don't talk about it, hide it, mm. take drugs to make it go away instead of, instead of what it sounds like you were doing was like, I feel these feelings that are incredibly heavy. I'm going to use that to create something on the other side of it. And so like, do we wish that people go through these things? No, God, no. But like, the thing is, your brain is doing it. So outside of medication, I think, uh, and like certain treatments and things like that, if you can use it for something then isn't that better than just hiding it? I don't know. That's what I think. I it's a good question. Sometimes it's hard also like there's so there's I don't want to reinforce this cliche and this idea that feeling depressed makes you creative. Because I think it's so, so very unhealthy. Like you don't have to be depressed to create some cool stuff. It's yeah. it, it like it can be a good way to be creative and you can like extract your feelings, but it's not something mandatory. And I think that's also important to tell, you know, because we have this idea of like, the torture, the artist and everything. And I think it's very bad in like treating people also. It reinforces like this very romantic idea, like romantic in the bad yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's bad so i don't want to reinforce this cliche i just used it like as a way to get the thing out of my baby you know that i didn't have the words to do but i'm i still think that creativity you can create in full joy you know well, I think that's the the beautiful thing about record. I th like our brain obviously loves to steer us towards negativity. So we recognize when we feel like yeah. we, we focus more on feeling bad than we focus on mm. feeling good because, you know, bad means that we're going to die from a saber tooth tiger back in the day. But the thing <laughs> is, is like, but we do experience joy equally as excessively as the lows, right? We talked about that. The highs are high and the lows are low. So what happens if we can intentionally focus when we are in the highs to create from there and like really work to shift our brain more as much as we can, right? Through neuroplasticity, essentially, to really focus and like utilize that time as well, because you, yeah, that is the other benefit to it. Yeah, for sure. So I do believe now for creativity, for me, it's just like sport of like walking out. I don't ask myself every day, like, oh, should I go work out? Like, I just go because it's part of my mental health. It just mm -hmm. makes me feel good and it's my balance. And if I don't do it, I just feel like crap. So I just try to do something every day for my body. And I think I'm a firm believer that it's important to treat your creativity the same. To not wait to feel good or bad or be inspired, and, but just treat it as like a routine that you have to do to get better, improve, feel healthier, happier and everything. You know, just treat it as, like a workout and not as something is exceptional also. So I think, 
I think yeah. that that is a really great point to make because again, uh, especially in Western culture, we're like, well, if you can't monetize it, it's not worth doing, right? Yeah. Like if you right, which is like, yes, I'm crying from the inside, <laughs> right? And so, like, so so many people don't write because they're not good at writing, or so many people don't mm. uh, like just paint because they're not good at painting. Almost like we have to be good at these things in order to do them, instead of just doing them because it's good for us. Um, um, you know, and I think that's that's a shift that needs to happen, which is why I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, no, it is a practice. And like everything else, if you want more of it, you have to do it more often, even when you're bad at it. <laughs> and in the moments where you're like, this is shit, good, at least you did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like when you go to a workout, even if you suck at it. I mean, you've been here. That's cool. It's like, it's not about the result. It's like about showing up every day. And this is a tough part. And this is what most people don't get about creativity. They have they think that it's a magical inspiration coming from God. You know, you've been touched by the hand of like some magical light. It's not. It's just like showing up every day. It's less sexy. But well, it's more yeah. Work. And I think there is some like element to that. Yeah, you will get inspired randomly when you're in the shower for like big ideas or whatever but it really it can really be enacted through the daily practice of doing the thing that like keeps you in a space where you can be creative um mm -hmm. because like you said when you were feeling like when you experience depression or these low lows it's harder to create right your creativity oh, takes yeah. a hit so when that happens for you like what what does that look like for you when depression does hit? Mm. Or like, how do you recognize that it's going, that it's happening? That I, I'm a firm believer that we all have symptoms leading up to something, you know, like, I don't know, I always think about like when I get cramps, <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, I can feel it starting. So I know if I don't take like Advil right now, that it's going to be real bad in 20 minutes. And like emotional regulation is kind of the same thing. It's like, there's the line that when we are like behaving out of, um, behaving out of fear, where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, what happened before that? So I could, so I can pull myself out. So this doesn't happen. So mm. for your depression, what happens before you're like, oh, fuck, I'm depressed. <laughs> I think so for at the moment, for example, it's like clearly some like events triggering some back wounds that I saw were like fixed and then it's like oh shit it's all here again <laughs> so it's like some specific yeah some specific events that are just like bringing back things that you saw were fixed but then you realize they're not and they probably will never be fixed but it's fine you know you just have to get through a couple of bad days but yeah it's like for me, it's like the overthinking start to take over. It's harder to get into like more in the zone and to make things mm. like low energy, just like don't want to see anyone. And you know, all these things that create very like a donor spiral. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm very aware. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to 
also I know your body is very important for you so I stop eating I can stop eating I I can like lose weight very quickly when I'm depressed so I know I'm no I'm like okay I will order my favorite meal for lunch and I will call my best friends and I will make something that makes me feel good and I will go to yoga to like to meditation and find my balance but then I feel better but I lost a day of work gotcha but then it's like nice but at the same time if I was not doing this I could not work anyway for like probably until a few more days so it's a Yeah, it's a struggle because it takes time to process this and to take care of it. But it's also some days that I'm not making any money, you know. So it's it's a reality of struggling with these kind of issues also. Well, and I think of it like if we were to, if you were to get a really bad cold, right? And let's say like yeah. where you're like, your body just is like, no, we're not. I can't, I can't think yeah, there's right. suggestion happening. Like you, you would do the things needed to get through it instead of yeah. like, well, I'm sick. Like I can't, you know, it happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so what do you do? You rest, you drink all, you have all the chicken noodle soup, you take all your vitamin <laughs> C, you drink all the water, like you do the things but again there's the guilt that and this is only because this is how we've been preconditioned if we're not working we're useless we're not valuable right and i think that's that's the piece that needs to change for people is that mindset of when i'm not working i'm not a valuable human because if we can do that then when you do have those days where you're like oh no today's just a low day gotta take care gotta take care of myself um and do these and there's no shame attached to it it's just like oh no in order for me to like keep creating or keep showing up and making money over here i do need to take this time to do this thing um but it's really hard because the like 99 percent of our culture is the opposite yeah absolutely and what do you think also? Because if I put on like Instagram that I had a cold or an accident or I broke my leg or, you know, something like this, everyone will be supportive and everything. If I'm just thinking, if I'm just saying like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just crying in my room today. Like it, it will really look weird, you know, <laughs> not the same support around like mental health. And there's also because it's not as visible, mm. especially I, I really feel it because, you know, like you've seen me, I'm quite like, you know, I always take care of myself and look bubbly and everything. So people don't think it's a real thing, you know? Yeah. But that's why, that's why I think like, it's great that you are talking about this on the podcast. Uh, but also like, if you do start talking about it more in public spaces or things like that, that's why I always, anytime my brain is like, Ooh, don't share that. People are going to think X, Y, Z. I'm like, shit, that's exactly when I should share. Just yeah. like you said, like when you, when your brain's like, Oh, we don't want to see people. You're like, I got to call my best friend. Like, yeah. you're like, I hear you telling me to do the thing that I definitely don't want. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I know if I don't do that, then the alternative is not great. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So that's what I started to do in terms of like writing on Instagram was like, anytime I, I'm like, if this connects with just one other person so that they feel less alone in the way their brain is thinking, 
then it will have been worth it for me to share this very vulnerable experience that I'm having, whether mm. it's that I'm not making money in my business at the moment, or whether that it's um, that I don't like my body some days because I'm a body image, you know, educator or whatever. It's like, oh, I, my brain's like, oh, don't tell them that because it's always afraid of abandonment. It's afraid that people will reject you because of the thing that you're sharing, right? So I started to like kind of fight that a little bit and say, you know what? The one person that needs to hear this will hear it. (laughs) You're absolutely right. I think it's important to connect to what we can bring to people instead of feeling we are not perfect and we have to be perfect and everything. It's more like, I I still don't want to bring like negative emotion to people and to be like complaining or you know but it's more maybe asking the question am I bringing value when I'm sharing this mm. which is like a good question and even if it's like something positive something negative so yeah but rejection harm for sure. Well, and that's one of the things that I tell people that like I run a writing class. And one of the things in the writing class is that, okay, there's a difference between saying like, oh, I feel like shit today. Okay. That's for your diary. Like, that's not how you say like, oh yeah, I'm having a shit day, but here's why, or here's how I made it through, or here's my plan to help me move through it. Like whatever Mm -hmm. our values are is like, if you can communicate your story through your values, then it will bring value to whoever's listening. So instead of just being like, I feel sad today, like, (laughs) great thank you like um but just like shifting it to say like oh you know what I stopped moving my body or I stopped calling my friends so I recognize that I'm feeling sad today so you know what even though my brain's telling me not to I'm gonna call my friend and uh and this is what I do to get out of this and then that that is the part that helps you connect with other people I think um yeah So don't, that's what I tell other people, don't be afraid to share the story. Uh, Just do it in a way that's through your values and yeah, have a value for the other person on the end instead of just trauma dumping. (laughs) And if you don't want to share anything on social media and everything, it's also fine. You know, you can just stay in your cave for three weeks. Like, (laughs) it's fine also. Just reach to people that you love. And well, that's why, yeah, you and respect you yeah yeah more so at, at the end of it like when you're through it kind of thing in order to bring awareness is more so yes what I, what you I'm, have more distance to it yeah. yeah yeah exactly and just say this is you may have noticed that I haven't been here but yeah I just think like being able to share those things with other people helps them feel less alone which ultimately helps me feel yeah. less alone in those things that I'm experiencing and I think it normalizes it. But again, yeah, not everybody has to do that. It just Yeah, for sure. Do you think like sharing about your own body image help you get through your like through yeah. your story and things? 
Yeah, because uh, again, the the biggest part that makes us feel bad or shameful or insecure is that we think we're the only ones experiencing it, right? That's that's what shame is. Mm. It only exists in you. Like shame, uh, I think Brene Brown said it. Like shame cannot can only exist in silence, which is exactly what made me decide to start sharing. Um, because I'm like, oh, this is something I carry a lot of shame and insecurity about. What if I talked about it? What if I just like said, yep, (laughs) this is what it is. And like, I, uh, then it has no power over me. Right. And then when I see, uh, and then it's like a snowball effect, because when I do that, then other people are like, oh my God, me too. And then all of a sudden I'm not alone. They're not alone. And I'm like, oh, so by me sharing my story, not only am I helping myself, but I'm helping other people. That's amazing. And uh, have you read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning? Oh, no. Uh, It's a really good book. Uh, There's probably a French translation because it's been like everywhere. Oh, I can read in English. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) but it's uh, basically he was in an... um, in Auschwitz, he was in the concentration camp, okay. and he uh, he believes, and then he became a, a psychiatrist when he got out, but he believes that the mindset and the meaning that he found in everything he did was what helped him survive, was finding oh. meaning in the, the worst possible human yeah. scenario, right, being in survival. Mm-hmm. He said, if I could find meaning whether it was helping other people uh, that were around me in the concentration camp or making sure other people were taken care of. He's like, that is what helped me not only survive, but then afterwards helped me process like using that experience to share with other people uh, and stuff like that. So it's a really, really good book. It's a quick read too. It doesn't take a lot of time. I think I read it before. Yeah, yeah lots of people if you're like self-development yeah. or like yeah, yeah. curious about that kind of thing it's, it's just book. probably not the same translation in french but yeah yeah and i remember this is a really good quote and it's from also an oracle survivor i just like it's just in front of me so i it's like there are times when dreams sustain us more than facts and i find it really interesting it like creative is valuable you know don't listen to people who tell you like it's useless to make art and create stuff and follow your dreams you know it's sometimes it's nicer to get into your dreams and then to then face what them. you have to face in in life and it's all right do you know you probably don't because you do a lot of photoshop work um you know brooke shaden yeah of course Yeah. So her work is exactly that. That's what I see out of hers is like, she, a lot of her work is the outcome of a lot of pain that she feels. um, Right. And things like that. And I think it's such a, again, not to romanticize pain, (laughs) but it's just like showing just how powerful art can be as opposed to like, well, let's sit and talk about your feelings. It's like, you might not be able to put words to your feelings, but you can put visuals to your feelings. And I think that's what a lot of like even in the work that I was doing while it's not as um you know, artistic so to speak when I work with clients it's very much about like what are you feeling like how would you how would you pose in that like what is what pose do you want to do to create that feeling oh right? yeah do they have enough like awareness to 
tell you and to explore it. So that's that's why that's why I like asking those questions is because they don't have to tell me. They just show me. And so it's like, just oh. what does your body want to do? You know, and then that's where like um, that's where embodiment work is really beneficial to bring them into the present and just say, oh, I didn't realize. And will it look weird? And not this is the this is where I hit uh, kind of a roadblock in the photography industry as far as having clients is that it maybe wouldn't look pretty. Yeah, same problem here. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's a big part of your work is it's not about yeah. looking pretty. It's about creating a feeling. Yeah, and not exactly. all feelings and most feelings actually aren't pretty because if you even think when you're in a moment of extreme joy you have like five chins and your face is like squished up and you're like teeth are showing everywhere like it's just oh, that's like interesting. but it is beautiful but it's not yeah. stereotypically beautiful that's right oh I never saw it like this because for me it's more so it's more the opposite like you talk about like photographing joy and find it to be like quirky but beautiful in its own way for me it was always about like everything that touches my soul since I'm a kid like all the art all the music it's something very dark and very raw and very most people would do, don't really appreciate these kind of things but for me it's more like I find a lot of beauty in these things and it's like okay I feel like shit life is horrible at the moment I don't know if I'm surviving next week mm -hmm. but then I can create something and look at it a few months later and realize there was like a lot of beauty there Mm, that's a really really great way to be able to give yourself an objective perspective on whatever that that feel was right and just to see it in terms of color in terms of shape in terms like it makes it tangible and a lot of visualization people do when they're yeah. going through um you know depression or working through feelings is like what color would it be like uh, mm. what what colors can come together to help it like this is one of the visualizations where they're like okay imagine the thing that brings you like the feeling of anxiety what color is it okay yeah. what is a color that brings you absolute peace and contentment now imagine mm. those colors coming together and like what color do they create and so it's a way of integrating the two sides of your brain to make it less and so it's using art in your mind essentially like that visualization you just take it and you make it physical which is really really cool oh that's really cool we should do like creative workshop together let's make some weird art <laughs> yeah i would come to bali for sure to do this so we should talk about that yes okay oh, yes well stay on the lookout for a really fun adventure <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so but I think that's a really beautiful way to kind of like it for people that are like well I'm not an artist like how am I supposed to take my pain and turn it into something it's like just use your mind like whatever pictures or words even not everyone sees pictures which is wild to me but um yeah right you're like wait what <laughs> <laughs> yeah some people don't see pictures in their heads yeah yeah that's so interesting just I'm like well it's just boring you whatever you know whatever it takes also just take something two things you like and just mix them together you know it's just it does not have to be so complicated so tell me a little bit about working as an artist currently what is that 
like for you? Like, what do you do? Uh, how do you make your revenue? Uh, and who are you, who are you serving? So you can stay creative. I think it's important. The reason why I want to bring that up is because I think it's important for people to understand there's more than just one way to oh, yeah. <laughs> get paid for your creative work. Um, yeah. but also to give people, you know, the people that want to be more artists than service-based businesses to give them what I call an expander, somebody that can show them that it's possible, um, to do things in a different way. So yeah, so talk to me a little bit about how you're working now and yeah, what what do you do? <laughs> so I do I do a lot of different things. I think it's also part of my brand not being able to do just one thing every day. So I love to do so many different yeah, so many different jobs. Uh my I would say like the most important part of my income at the moment and for the last two three years and thanks to covid weirdly is working for adobe so i'm doing adobe lives which i love so much and it's basically interviewing creative talking like this but getting paid for it and then doing some photoshop courses so but also they give me all the freedom which is absolutely amazing so I create my own art and then I do a live the, ne the next day to explain the process in Photoshop mm. so it's very interesting to be able to have this freedom with them especially yeah. has like being it being such a big company yeah that's more on the trendier side and everything like I do my dark weird stuff and we are allowed to talk about everything anything and i'm very grateful for the freedom they give me mm. so this was like a lot of my income for the la last two three years uh living in bali and so let's be honest about it i don't have the right visa to work mm, in yeah. bali i have to work everything has to be online so i don't do photo shoots here but each time i'm traveling i'm doing photo shoot back in europe mm. in europe and i walk i'm i don't accept just like normal portraits anymore just traditional portraits i just accept my weird full art thing so Which it's I not got to be a part of yeah <laughs> photographed me and i spun around naked on the floor in sue bryce's house <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone thought I was in a pool by the way like everyone thought I was underwater that like oh, so cool. they're like wow was that hard I was like no uh <laughs> I just like laid there on the floor and they're like what floor and I was like what do you think happened they're like oh weren't you in a pool <laughs> oh like, that's cool oh, yeah. so that's the magic of photoshop well yeah. I still want to edit more of your pictures so I will do more <laughs> of them but yeah crazy photo shoots uh sometimes like very the one that I decide but it's really it's really interesting because I never saw some people would pay me to do what I do and then I had like a few dream clients to give me full freedom on like exactly what I want to do and just like oh yeah do whatever I trust you and I just want some art from you and like okay do you, do you find that difficult I, I when people would say that to me I found that very difficult to take their money and create what I wanted 
oh shit that's the best thing in the world it's just I like know, <laughs> but, but like my brain is like oh no they have paid you mm. something they have some sort of expectation yeah okay <laughs> so it I, i'm realizing like the process takes a long time so i'm not a quick creative i can't do like a photo shoot and you get your editing Mm. one month after like you know it by now so i think they have to be okay with like a longer process and but usually they are you know they've been like following me for a few years and so it's it's all right i think they understand as long as we communicate well yeah like they understand something that takes time to unfold and it's fine and you know you just ask good money for it and it's worth it i think it also depends on the connection you have with a person and what they really love in your work if it's just like full freedom like i'm like yeah sure <laughs> yeah it's so that's probably my own squidgy feelings coming up around like oh no i'm getting paid i have to do what they want like there's some there's probably some story in my head yeah. around that that like holds me back from actually okay <laughs> yeah it's a relationship you know so you have to both walk both ways i'm like but i can't do traditional portraiture anymore it's just drains my soul (laughs) and isn't that wild like yeah when I first like I would always tippy toe into the next thing that I was interested in and how I was interested in photographing I'm like but I'll still do this if people ask for it I cannot my, it literally like hurts me to like go back to it's like (laughs) when I look at the work I used to create I'm like I don't want to anymore (laughs) Yeah. yeah I think the balance was not here for me like I really I really respect and appreciate what people are doing with the like traditional portraits and I really like value every one of my clients and I really love them and I appreciate that this supported this part of my life mm-hmm. but I I just want to do more I just want to do what I want to do you know and it's very important I just can't take pretty pictures of people I think we could do create more interesting stuff well that's exactly what I say I'm like just because like there's enough people also doing traditional portraits that I can Mm -hmm. do other I have the skills and capability to do other things so why wouldn't I do that do you do have you ever done human design what is it Okay, so uh, I would believe you're, so it's like a star chart kind of thing, um, but essentially there's like a bunch of different types of people based on your star chart or like your birth mm-hmm. chart, and I would believe that you are probably what's called a manifesting generator, which is what I am, which is like when we don't- That sounds do- cool. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes and no, because it's usually like we're very future focused, which is awesome. But like we're always pushing against what is like the status quo. But the other thing is like when we don't want to do something, it literally is like I don't like we die inside. Like yeah, if I have to do I get sick I and like yeah, like it literally. And so they talk about being your um not self and so anytime we're put into a position where we have to create work that is not in alignment with who we are now and it's who we used to be it literally hurts us it makes us frustrated it makes us sad it makes us depressed and things like that so yeah so once i I, i'll send you the information so we can oh that's cool 
yeah because yeah, it's, it's like crazy. once you like uh, it's very wooey wooey because it's based on birth chart more than like clifton strengths is based on science but that's why i like to mash them together because they have similarities which is fascinating yeah um but understanding that for myself helped me be okay when something doesn't fit anymore when something's like eh, then i'm like okay i can leave that behind and move on to the next thing like yeah, I, sure. before i would be like ah maybe i should stick with it because you know we're supposed Sounds to like every bad relationship i've had before <laughs> very possible yes because you're like i should be able to make this work yeah i yeah but yeah so okay let's kind of wrap this up a little bit here so last last bit of words i would like to kind of focus on is as a creative person and somebody that needs to be creative how will you ride out this current depression or low that you're currently in like what are your next steps for the rest of the week or few days Mm. oh interesting i'm so i can tell you what i did today Mm. maybe that will help so I think I took, I tried to like, oh, so I went to yoga for sure, connecting with people that I love, connect, connected back to like, I connected to like the self-value website of Sue and watched a couple of videos and she kicked my butt from the side of the <laughs> world. So every time. Yeah, quite a tiny bit it further. And I think tomorrow I'm ready to to focus on what I need to change. Like, if I feel like crap, I need to change something. It's not going to happen overnight, but there's probably a few situations that are making me uncomfortable or things that I'm like avoiding and then it's like I've been avoiding for so long that it's starting to be like a a monster that I can't avoid so maybe I will take like a couple of hours in the in my favorite cafe you know to reflect and see like what's the next step instead of like going full on back on the normal track Mm -hmm. I think it's a it's an opportunity to just reframe and like okay what's important what do I keep why do I let go of? Maybe I go back to like my yearly goals so I can have them in the, they were in the back of my mind. So maybe I put them in front again and just be like, okay, what's important and make priorities again. That would be my next step. Awesome. I love that. I would also say revisit your Clifton Strengths report. Uh, it was on my list. I was like, oh, I'm meeting Terry tonight. I think I need to reread my. Well, it's I'm a good day say, for this. even if you just like revisit the insight guide this helps me yeah. is like usually when we feel low it's that we're not leaning into our strengths and so revisit the insight guide it will give you kind of like what you need to be doing in order just like building a muscle yeah. and what what you need to be doing in order to keep that as a strength so for me like learning is a big thing or being yeah. connecting with people or whatever and I'm like oh shit yeah I haven't done that for myself I'm doing it for other people but I'm not doing it for myself so that can also help to just give give you uh yeah kind of reestablish. okay what do I want uh more of and what do I want less of amazing 
You're absolutely right. right for sure. Yeah. Okay, my lady. Now, question for you. Where can really? people find <laughs> where can people find you? Um, where can they learn from you? Where can they um get all your good information, all that stuff? Oh sorry. So I don't recommend Instagram because I lost my account once. My second account has been shadow banned. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, it's <laughs> So please, you can add me on Facebook. Uh, you can go to my website. I just finally created my mailing list and I'm very proud of it because I'm just pouring love every week to oh, it. Yeah. And I'm sharing all like what's happening in the creative world and what's important to follow up in the like industry and inspiring stuff and questions for you. So like I took time to craft it and I'm very, very proud of it. And at least it will never go away. So yeah. that's also a good reminder for creative people and people on the social media. Like I wish I had done my mailing list before, before losing all my audience. So lesson learned. So please join me there. Beautiful. And you do yep. mentoring as well, right? On Photoshop and just creativity in general? Yeah, so one of my, like, I don't know, one of my, the thing that I love to do also is, like, mentoring other photographers. And I just love it. It's so cool. I'm so passionate about sharing. You know, when you're stuck in your portfolio and you don't feel you have a style, you're, or even if you're stuck on an image that you don't know how to Photoshop, like, I love it. It's just my favorite thing to, like, help photographer or everyone gets so frustrated mm -hmm. by the awards result, for example. Uh, I have a cool story about it. I mentored one of my like she's not my friend but she like she met me through the mentoring thing and she was a bit lost in her style and her name is Alison Boons so you can check her on internet she's awesome we did the mentoring and we went really deep into her like process photoshop but also like portfolio what she she was not feeling super aligned with her images and then two months after she won the grandmaster at the portrait master award wow so that's cool that's so very cool toot that little horn yeah that's amazing yeah that's very very cool i'm like very proud of her and she's been growing so much like yeah it takes time you know sometimes you just get lost exactly what we talk about like you don't know what you want to create anymore you're a bit stuck you're a bit afraid of what you want like you have expectations that's, from the industry the that i think is more more the part that gets in the way you're afraid of what you want to create mm -hmm. um that's something i talk about a lot in my my creative workshops and things like that for people it's like is it that you don't have ideas or is it that you have ideas but they scare you because they're counterintuitive to what everybody else is putting out yeah, exactly. Alison told me about it. She had like so much pressure from the industry, from the photographer industry of like what she had to produce. Yeah. 
and it's like it's a big one also so it's so much fun because usually like people contact me because they want like a photoshop class but then we go like full-on therapy and like <laughs> uh yes. quit, anybody and that's taking so cool. classes of mine understands that full so if you if anybody liked my classes go to pauline uh because it's the same kind of thing you're like yes i'm here for this technical thing but then you get the <laughs> wham of self-love and self-value and figuring figuring stuff out from the inside out basically which is awesome amazing well thank you so much oh for everybody that wants to know i'll be linking everything in the show notes so that way you can go give pauline a follow join her newsletter um because newsletters are the jam yes they're coming back in style my friends um yeah they did tell us that we should get emails back in the day but we didn't listen we were like no social media and then now (sighs) dang it they were right (laughs) yeah for sure social media like it's a pain yes it's another I know, like it's another squinchy feeling, but not for today. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Pauline. Thank you so much, Terry. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'm very grateful to be able to have this conversation with you. Oh my gosh, I hope that episode left you with some delicious info and action steps to take to help you move through your squidgy feelings. I would love it if you could like, share, and leave a review as it helps other people find this content. In addition to that, I'm excited to tell you about the Patreon membership where our members go to get even more good stuff. I'm talking challenges, weekly posts, images that have never been seen, and a little FaceTime from yours truly. Of course, with a focus on mindset, body image, and creativity, we are going to get into all the squidginess about what it means to be a human. You can check out the different membership options at patreon.com forward slash Terry Hofford, as well as at the link in the show notes. 